and welcome to another edition of the Screen Nerds Podcast. My name's Michael Burgett, and thanks for joining me for this rescreen episode of Rocky Balboa, the 2006 film that is the sixth film in the Rocky franchise. Uh, just got done rewatching the film and wanted to share some of my thoughts and memories of when I've seen the film before, as well as my thoughts after this latest rewatch. Uh, so, like I've mentioned, this film came out in 2006 and it is the sixth Rocky film. And uh, as you've known, if you've listened to this podcast, uh, the Rocky series is one of my favorite series. And this film is actually my third favorite film in the franchise uh, behind Rocky 3 and Rocky 4. And you can listen to those uh, episodes in the podcast of the, on the podcast archives. And like I said, this film is probably my third favorite film in the franchise. Um, and it has some special memories for me personally, uh, just because of when I saw the film for the first time. Uh, mentioned before, it was 2006. It came out in Christmas of that year, and uh, I went and saw it in the theater. I was living in Seattle at the time, and uh, at Christmas time in 2006, I stayed in Seattle. Uh, I The previous year, I had went home for Christmas uh, and stayed in Seattle for Thanksgiving, but uh, in 2006, I went home for Thanksgiving, and I stayed in Seattle for Christmas, and so I was uh, pretty much by myself. Most of my friends had went home uh, to visit family and such, and so I was really the only one around uh, the area of where I was living at at the time that was there for Christmas, and so I... Yeah, needed something to do around the holidays, and so I went to the movies, and this happened to be playing at the theater that was down the street from where I lived, and so I walked down there, saw the film, and I was really hoping for it to be good, because uh, if you know me, you know that I do not acknowledge Rocky Five at all. It is one of those films in uh, my life that I don't acknowledge exists. I always said that I would go Rocky three, Rocky four, and then skip Rocky five because it just, I never liked that film. But, uh, when I heard that, uh, Sylvester Stallone was making this film, I was really excited and really hoping that this could be like the, the final chapter, uh, and give a proper send off to, to Rocky. And so I went into the theater with high expectations and, was super excited and really hoping for the best. And I was not disappointed. I, I love the film. It uh, really resonated with me at that time. And, uh, I, you know, being out uh, away from family and friends uh, around the holidays and seeing this film, it just, the emotions and everything that went along with it uh, really stuck with me and fell in love with the film. And as soon as it came out on DVD, I went and bought it and uh, had it in my collection ever since. Uh, and another time, probably the other major memory I have of this film uh, before this latest rewatch was in 2009 when I was uh, overseas in Poland. I was uh, doing a uh, summer project uh, for seminary and uh, it was part of my degree program and had to spend the summer uh, overseas doing doing some work and one afternoon we had an off day and I was sitting in 
the my room in in the hostel that I was staying at, and was feeling a little homesick, feeling a little uh, just melancholy, and so I uh, went on iTunes and rented Rocky Balboa, and it's probably I think the first film that I ever rented digitally uh, was this film and had my laptop and was sitting on my bed and just watching this film and uh had the had the nostalgic feels had had all the feels and emotions and just felt felt good after watching it and so that, that's always the rocky franchise to me especially three four and in, in rocky balboa was the emotion and the feels and, and everything that, that would go along with it and that's why, to me, it's it's my third favorite film in the franchise uh, that I always love going back and rewatching. And so, uh, was super excited to rewatch this film again just to see if there was anything that I hadn't noticed before, or I'd forgotten, or just you know the things that I really appreciated about this film. And there were some things that I'd never picked up on before. Uh, there were some things that I was reminded of, and uh, I'll, I'll share a little bit. Uh, as we go along here, but really the first thing that stood out to me that I, I never noticed until this rewatch was in the opening fight that Mason Dixon has where he, you know, easily wipes out his opponent. Uh, the corner man of the opponent throws in the towel and I never noticed that for some reason, I never noticed that the towel gets thrown in and lands on Dixon's opponent, uh, like right on top of him. And it just really just took me back to to think about that, that I never noticed that the guy threw in the towel. And, you know, coming off of, you know, Rocky Four, where you have the whole thing with Apollo uh, fighting Drago and, and, and Rocky never throwing in the towel, uh, it, to, to have that juxtaposed with, you know, uh, Dixon's opponent throwing in the towel. Now, obviously not as violent a fight uh, as as Creed and Drago was. But just that that symbolism there, it just really stood out to me for, for some reason this time that I never noticed it before. Uh, another thing that kind of stood out to me on this rewatch was uh, when Rocky was visiting his son uh, at his office, uh, at, the, at the office building, and Rocky Jr.'s uh, boss comes up and wants to take a photo with him and he hands Rocky Jr. the phone and it's a flip phone and you see like what the picture would look like as you're looking at the at the phone as Rocky Jr. is going to take the photo and it's just crazy because it's you know 2000 you know 2006 and to be reminded of flip phones and the photos that they would take and just imagining it's like how good would that photo actually have been because we were still you know a couple years away from iPhones and the cameras that they would have on them uh, but just to have that kind of a photo is just uh, it's just crazy and then like later on in in, in one of the uh times when Rocky is at the restaurant and he uh, poses for a photo like guy I guess his da- the the kid's dad has an actual camera. It's like you just again you 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 remember the times of that period, and it's just crazy how you know, some you know, nearly fifteen twenty years later, how much technology has changed and how just 
advance it got, even just a few years after this film, how much technology changed and how much it got different from that. Um, one of the things that really stood out to me in this rewatch was the moments where Rocky is going through the tour of going through all the places where he and Adrian, you know, where they met, where they fell in love, all those different places. And it was really interesting, the choice that Sly made as the director to have that hint of blue in the flashbacks of those. Uh, it, it really just had a kind of poignant, kind of melancholy feeling to it, like that longing of the past. And uh, I don't know, just to me, that th this rewatch, it just really stood out to me how we see through Rocky's eyes kind of that longing of the past and how much he misses Adrian, how much he, you know, you know, wants, you know, wants her around. And in, in the film context, it's been only about three years. So, which was another thing that stood out to me was the film was set, even though it releases in 2006, the film is set about a year earlier in 2005, because you look at the, the headstone of uh, the gravesite where Adrian is buried, you see 2002 as the, as, as when she passed away and Rocky is mentioning both to uh, Pauly at one point and also to Rocky Jr. Uh, that it's three year anniversary of, of her passing. And so it's, so it's around 2005, which again, I never really picked up on. I always just took it as present day. So 2006. So thought that was kind of interesting that, you know, it, it's kind of set a year earlier, uh, but um, really, I, I liked a lot of how they brought in the nostalgia in, in, a, in a poignant way. It wasn't just uh, nostalgia for nostalgia's sake, but you had a lot of the looking back in the past as, as a point of reference and, and honoring of it. And not just, uh, we're just showing this off just to check off boxes or anything like that. Like with uh, Little Marie, like Marie's character being a callback to the first film, having uh, Frank Stallone's song Take It Back at the beginning of, of the film and uh, having the flashback scenes and, and everything like that. I, I, I think it's, it was very poignant in how it was worked into the film and done so in a way that it's not just uh, a blatant nostalgia grab, but that it actually has a point to the story and has merit to the story. Um, one of the things, too, that I wish, uh, you know, in, in hindsight and looking forward as well as looking back was I wish the, the Steps character, Marie's son, had been kind of integrated into the Creed franchise. Uh, that, that's one of the things about this film that's, that's really good is the fact of this film, I feel like, is a catalyst for the Creed films. Uh, this film really kind of sets the stage for uh, giving a proper send off to Rocky, and then also, you know, showing that there could be a future in this universe. And I, I appreciate the Creed films and love them. And I feel like the, this this film is like the bridge to between the Creed films and the Rocky films. But I wish the Steps character that's introduced here 
had been integrated into the Creed franchise. Uh, I, I feel like just the way that Steps uh, is kind of uh, befriends uh, as a has Rocky essentially as a mentor. It would be kind of cool if Steps had kind of in, in the Creed universe and the Creed franchise had been integrated in somehow, whether it be as an opponent of Adonis or as as a sparring partner, train, you know, training alongside, or something to that effect. I just think that that would be been a cool thing to to integrate in because it really feels like, as a character here, he gets a lot of cool things and gets to be a part of. Like he's at the uh, the press conference that announces the fight between Rocky and Mason Dixon. Like Steps is there on the stage. He's at the end of the stage, and you know he's there in the corner with Rocky, and he's he's in the training montage and all these different things. And it would have just really been cool if uh, that character Steps had been integrated into Creed, and maybe Creed Four we might get that. But I just I feel like that there's some storytelling there that could have been done, um, but. I really like the Steps character because he, you know, he kind of comes off as, you know, wanting pr- to protect his mom and th- until he realizes that uh, Rocky's not a threat. He's not trying to woo his mom, but is just cares about being a friend. And I think that's one of the things, too, I really appreciate this film is that, and, and I think Sly understands this, is why he wrote, uh, the story the way he did was that you know rocky misses adrian rocky uh, rocky's one love is adrian and when adrian passes away you know he doesn't doesn't look for anybody else like he is faithful you know you see even a couple of shots in the film you still see that he's wearing the wedding band like he still he still has it uh, on on his ring finger that you know he's always going to love Adrian, always going to be committed to Adrian and always visits the grave and, and just, um, but, but that's, that's who he's committed to. And I think that it's cool that, you know, he has that love for Adrian still, even while she's gone, uh, and misses her and, and has that you know, remorse and has that, uh, survivor's guilt to an extent and just, uh, you know, the pain of missing her. Uh, it, so you, you have that in there too, but you also have the fact that he, you know, you know, befriends, you know, or refriends, I guess is one way to say it, uh, little Marie and, you know, as he calls her and, you know, wants to, to help her out. And, you know, that was one of the cool lines was, you know, him saying, you know, why you got to go, uh, why you got to owe something to get something, you know, it's. Uh, there's so many quotable lines in this film, and that was one of the cool things to to remember again is you, know, you had the fighters fight, and it ain't about how hard you can hit; it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How how hard you can take you know take it and keep moving forward. Uh, just so many great lines in this film, and that was something too that I always loved. Even the first time watching it, it was just having those lines and. I think even more so now they they resonate more because it's they're very poignant because they're looking and coming from 
someone who has lived a life of fighting and you know is you know sees a lot more of the road behind him than he does in front of him and so th- there's really a lot of poignancy to the film balanced with you have the quote unquote antagonist in Mason Dixon who is a fighter that's you know almost in some ways like Rocky uh, and in some ways you know completely different you know he is a fighter you know he's undefeated he's never you know never really been challenged uh, and you know he's had heavyweight fights that you know his uh, his publicists and everything say that, you know he was spoon fed and the that was funny to me because I'd never really thought about it until this free watch, how Dixon and Rocky are very similar in, if you look at it from the Rocky three perspective, uh, Rocky three, before he fights Clubber Lang, you know, it's talked about that he was spoon fed. He was given, you know, these easy fights and, almost the same thing could be said for Mason Dixon is that he was spoon fed these fights. And I think the difference being that Rocky was not looked down on for having quote unquote spoon fed, uh, fights except for Clubber Lang, who was, you know, completely upset and angry because he was the number one contender and he felt like he was being, you know, duck, you know, they, um, Rocky was ducking him, uh, but with Dixon, it was like the fans were, you know, booing him and everything and not liking him because he was, quote unquote, fighting spoon fed candidates. And, you know, obviously the difference being uh, Dixon was so good that everybody he fought, he just knocked out. And there wasn't, you know, it very much was of the times of you know, the mid 2000s where you had. Uh, certain heavyweights that really didn't have a whole lot of challengers. You just had one guy and then you, you know, you wouldn't have like, uh, like it was in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even into the 90s where you had so many like top contenders. But it was just interesting how there's that kind of comparison there with, with Rocky and with, uh, with Mason, how they, they were similar in some ways and obviously different in others. But Mason was a fighter that he wasn't a he wasn't necessarily a Apollo Creed like he wasn't as flamboyant he had some he had some flamboyancy in him uh, he had some trash talking in him but he wasn't as as flamboyant and as much a showman as 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 uh, Apollo was and he wasn't as uh, he wasn't clubber like he wasn't and like a complete antagonist like Clubber Lang was. And obviously he wasn't uh, Ivan Drago in like basically being used um, by his trainers and everything. Like the publicist tried to do that in a sense, but uh, Dixon had, you know, enough uh, gumption for lack of a better term to, uh, to, to get run over by his publicist and, you know, we even told him, it's like, I'm getting my trainer back. I'm going to do things my way kind of a thing. Uh, so he, he was very much a unique fighter. He's not, he's not the heel necessarily. Uh, and I think because he's not really cast as the heel, uh, he's almost 
having to kind of prove himself. Uh, one of the times when he's talking with his old trainer, you know, he, you know, he wants that respect and he doesn't feel like he's getting the respect. And it almost in some ways, this exhibition fight with Rocky, which comes about by uh, a <laughs> first by a computer fight, which looking at the, it, you know, the, the computer fight all these years later, it doesn't look bad, but it makes me wonder how a 2023 CGI fight would look like. Like you, you put up uh, computer animation now compared to what it was in 2006. Uh, it probably would look even more lifelike and look more realistic than it did back then. But that was something too that I thought about was just how good at the time it looked, but how so much better if they did a computer animated fight, how it would look now. Um, just the way how that is done. Uh, another thing too, that stood out to me was, uh, the soundtrack. Now, obviously it's not a Rocky three or a Rocky four kind of a soundtrack, but the fact that you've got the, you know, the Bill Conti is back doing the orchestral part. Uh, obviously, Three Six Mafia with the walk walk up music that Mason Dixon has. Uh, but I had forgotten that the Killers uh, had a song in the film, and it you know, that one of my favorite songs too by the Killers. And it was just funny hearing it in the background. I was like, oh yeah, their song was here too. And so it's an underrated soundtrack. Um, the one thing, the one song, and it, it was always one thing that kind of bugged me, even when I saw the film for the first time, was the walkout music that Rocky had at the fight in Las Vegas, and it being High Hopes by Frank Sinatra. And I know Rocky didn't pick it. It was Paulie that picked it. But that always, to me, just was like, I don't know. Out, out of everything in the film, that was always the one thing that kind of bugged me. I just kind of wish that it they had picked some kind of I don't know rock anthem or something like that that really would have fit the the rocky story especially given the fact that he he talked about how there was the the stuff in the basement and wanting to to get rid of that and the beast that was inside of him I just feel like the Frank Sinatra thing just I don't know it, it, it was like the one miss out of everything with the film. And really that to me was in this rewatch and, and being older uh, and seeing it was stuff that I related to and, and understanding it a, a bit better. Like, like the stuff in the basement, like the uh, having that, you know, struggle of, you know, being older and seeing things from a different perspective mentioning at one point you know how uh, the older I get the more that I gotta leave behind like stuff like that that it just the older you get you 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 resonate with those kind of thoughts and feelings and that's one thing too that Sly in 2006 was writing on and thinking about and I'm sure even more so now if you ask him uh, about these words I think he would probably even relate even more to to what he wrote then. And so, um, I think to me, that's like understanding, you know, e even the idea of replacing old pain with new pain, 
Yeah, it's just really the script. I think is there are a lot. Like I mentioned before, a lot of great quotable things, but also just a lot of just thought provoking ideas. Um, because this is not. It's this film out of a lot of the other Rocky films. It's not about the fight. Like it's not about uh, the exhibition fight between him and Dixon. It's really about his coming to terms with the loss of Adrian, uh, coming to terms with getting older and having more behind him than what was in what's in front of him, Uh, having dealing with uh, his son and trying to fix that relationship and just all of that. to me really is more about the story and sure it's a rocky film you've got the training montage you've got the fight and you know he he, you know it's a split decision draw uh, and dixon ends up being the winner but it's you know in the end both fighters win it's one of those rare instances where both fighters win you know dixon wins quote-unquote the fight but also wins respect he wins respect from for himself, he wins respect from the fans because you know he went toe to toe with 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 Rock you know, and and held his own. And then there was Rocky who who won in the sense of he got to go out on his on his terms. It wasn't like Rocky Five, which really again, if you look at this film, there's not really any acknowledgement of Rocky Five in this film. Uh, you know, they talk about when he goes before the committee. The clean bill of health, which you know, obviously in five he doesn't have that. Um, there's, there's really not any references of five in this film. It's uh, that's why I always say you can go from four to this film and you're perfectly fine in doing that. Um, but it really is about you know Rocky going out on his own terms. You know he wants to. To, to finish what he started. And I feel like that's what this film is, is that he finishes the fight. He finishes, he goes the 10 rounds, you know, very similar to the first film where he goes the distance. And that was the important thing. It wasn't about him winning this fight. It was about him going the distance and finishing, uh, finishing on his terms. And I think that that's another thing of the many things of this film that I appreciate is the fact that, he understands that you know he's he's not going out there to win. Now he tells Dixon before the fight he's not going out there to lose, <laughs> but he also understands you know he he all he can do is just fight his fight and kind of let the chips fall where they may. And you know he he goes out and you know he is triumphant even on in the you know, the walk out like he's triumphant in that he won in the sense of he finished it. He finished it. He he can hold his head head held high, and he can walk out, you know, knowing that he did all that he can do. And so, uh, like I said, I love this film. It's like I said, it's right up there with Rocky Three and Rocky Four as my favorites of the of the franchise. And just being able to go back and rewatch the film and pick up on things that I missed and really just celebrate the things that I love is just. It, that's the cool thing about rewatching films that you love is you can find those new things and celebrate the things that you remember and just really enjoy it. And so it was good to do that again with this film. 
So that's my thoughts and memories on Rocky Balboa. I'd love to hear your thoughts that you, when you've seen the film, what are your thoughts on the Rocky franchise? I'd love to hear them and you can send them to me anytime by email screen nerds podcast at gmail.com. You can always find us on Twitter at screen nerds pod and tweet your thoughts there. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and threads and blue sky just by searching screen nerds podcast, hitting that like button, hitting that follow button and sharing your thoughts there. And if you get an opportunity, please rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. Wherever it is that you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Good Pods, CastBox, Amazon Music, wherever it is that you get your podcasts, hit that subscribe button, leave a review, leave a five-star review, hopefully, leave a written review, and share the podcast around. We'd really appreciate it. So again, thanks for joining me for this rescreen episode. My name is Michael Bargett, and we will catch you on the next episode.